Welcome to Alchemy Land, where we playfully explore creativity, healing, and consciousness. I'm Tage. Today on Alchemy Land, a conversation with our good friends and colleagues, Lacey Sanders and Emily Eastman. Hope you enjoy. We're getting together to talk about the Taurus Project for Alchemy Land. This is Lacey Sanders, and many of you have met me because I've been talking with Tage. And today we're talking with Emily, and she's helping us and wants to be part of it. And she's a really dear friend to me, and I met her through my yoga teacher training last year. And so that's how we met, and we are inspired by the same things and get lit up by a lot of the same stuff and end up laughing. So it's a win, win sort of a friendship. Will you talk a little bit and okay, introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm um, sorry. Um, I'm Emily Eastman. I'm I am a yogi and an artist in Salt Lake. And meeting Lacey has opened up my my world to th- this project that she's been thinking about and planning I mean I feel like you're talking about this when we're in our teacher training together um and so it's just been really exciting to be on board for social media and helping out with whatever I can great yeah yeah it takes a tribe and um, (laughs) really you know Tage had the idea yeah a year and a half ago yeah and then when I was in teacher training I went out and visited him and we did like a meditation with a small group of people to birth the project. Okay. Oh, and so that's that was, okay. yeah. So that's it was what I'm during that you're remembering. Yeah. yeah, and I shared it with everyone there mm-hmm. when we felt inspired to do, and now things are starting to materialize, and you get to be part of that. Yay! And we knew we were going to do something together. So yeah. this will probably just be the beginning of many fun ideas. It's <gasps> one thing that's really exciting for me about my friendship with Emily. Well, first of all, she's a bit younger than me, and I'm really inspired and blown away by her awareness and her emotional maturity and her wisdom. She's way ahead of me when I was just 30 years old. So hats off to that. Super kudos. And but one thing that I think we noticed right away is we get inspired together. Mm-hmm. And creative ideas come to us when we get together. <laughs> and also, we're both people working on, we've been working on our healing and becoming more conscious, aware humans mm-hmm. and creating things from that place. And Emily was someone I felt like really who is a great addition to the community. Not only does she have the skills and her youthfulness, because we like the idea of many generations coming together. Yeah, her youthfulness, her fun, and she has mad skills with social media, visual arts, things like that. So mm. I wanted to express that yeah. as we start today, Aww. Emily. Thank you. Well, thank you. I just want to say, because um, my experience in teacher training I started very 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 socially anxious and very in my own head and when we were in Moab together and when you were saying Emily I want to do a children's book with you and whether or not it materializes or not the fact that you were wanting to do that with me and you valued that in me and you saw that in me and you're willing to just like sit down and really like talk to me and like I know it sounds like such like a silly simple thing but in that moment at that point of my healing it was a pivotal 
experience for me to like feel that embraced and like I just really love the idea of creating not to have a product or you know a book or an art piece but it's just it's healing and it brings people Mm -hmm. together and it reminds people that we're supposed to be in union and contact and collaboration. I just wanted to express that because I feel like you've been really significant in me feeling confident in my whole weird self. (laughs) 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 So Yeah, thank you, um, Emily, because I feel like you saw me too. You saw my fairy tattoos and you knew where they were from. And that like never happened. So we had a connection right away there. But you saw like how hard I've worked and how much I've studied and you wanted to tap into my wisdom and you had a respect for me and what I have to say. And that was really healing for me too, Mm. because I've had to work on my throat chakra a lot in this lifetime. And often my voice has been shut down because people don't want to hear what I have to say. Mm. And so it was very healing for me too, for you to want to hear what I have to say. Oh my God, what? No. So I think that's cool. So here we're talking about really what the Taurus Project wants, right? Mm. We want an uh, alchemical relationships, community, how we just naturally supported each other in this healing and we're both conscious in our processes. And so we're open to this type of a friendship, creating alchemy for healing and growth, but also for creative ideas to flow. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that Taurus field, that these things come within and then they go out. Yeah. Like the energy is within and it's flowing out and coming back in. And how us meeting did something to our fields, right? And it clicked. And that's the type of, that's what we want with the Taurus Project. We want these types of experiences. And I do think that container of a yoga teacher training Um, helps because you're bringing people together to talk about higher spiritual knowledge and wisdom and people who generally want growth. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what it, and it looks different for people. So we happen to be on the same vibration. So ours matched, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it might look different for other people. But I think for you and I, we really like the overlapping of, like healing and spirituality and art and silliness and fun and (laughs) things that are interesting and light and heavy. And I feel like that was something that I really appreciated in the ways that you were talking, like when we started just getting to know each other was just that constant appreciation for like the whole of something of like the light and the dark and I mean Mm -hmm. like the yin and the yang obviously that comes in from your practice or like your uh, medicine practice but I just I I feel like that was really powerful Um, I understand it really is making the dark consciousness bringing the light into the darkness Mm -hmm. right yeah and learning to love those parts of ourselves that we've been taught to judge usually be And, you know, there's a lot of societal things that are set up in different institutions, whether it's your family system, a religious system, it could be any type of a system, an educational system that teaches you to be ashamed of your whole self. Yeah. 
So we can grow out of that, though, mm-hmm. because we can love ourselves anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, look at but that. I find, and maybe you can relate to this, is when we love those parts of ourselves that are hurt or broken or dark or scary, we just become lighter people in general mm-hmm. because it lightens them up. Yeah. And one thing I always think of that helps me, and maybe I don't know, it's just coming to me, so I'm going to talk about it, yes. is the Dalai Lama. I read a, I've read several of his books, and one of the books I read, he says something like, well, everyone has bad thoughts. I have bad thoughts, but it's whether I act on them or not. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of making the unconscious conscious, because when we're aware and we have a quote unquote bad thought, maybe we want to punch somebody because they were incredibly rude to us. <laughs> so it seems like a really total natural thing you want to do, but you don't punch them. You just politely nod and walk away rather than yeah. create more trouble for yourself and someone else. But that's what makes you the kind of person that you are. But what's interesting is to nod and walk away, you have to first acknowledge that you're angry and you want to do it because that's a whole process. And I feel like, like you said, shedding light on it and like embracing like the darkest parts of ourselves uh, lightens it up. And it's just simple observation you know like you don't need to go in and fix it you don't but like to actually because if somebody were not to take the time to be like oh wow I'm really angry and I want to punch this person maybe they're already just like skipping the thought process Mm -hmm. and swinging a punch and just like there's nothing in between that there's Uh just anger and action Mm -hmm. and I feel like when you add in the observation that's when you have a choice Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's when we stop projecting, right? (laughs) I'm really angry. I'm going to punch this someone. You punch them and it's their fault, Mm -hmm. right? Rather than, oh, I am this person's making me angry. I want to punch them. I'm not going to punch them, but I'm going to walk away. Well, yeah. Like on a, on a less violent level, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, but like, 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 no, I'm kidding. But like, um, just, uh, even like judgments, you know, like judging somebody else, judging somebody's appearance or way of life. And even if it's just like, oh, well that doesn't work for me for this reason, this reason, this reason, you know, like that's I feel like that comes from observation Mm -hmm. but when you have that jerk reaction of wrong bad Mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to like an other I I feel like that is oftentimes putting out all of these energies um that end up just getting reflected back onto yourself like as Mm a uh recovering people pleaser and uh, <laughs> hyper vigilant of other people's uh, potential perceptions of me. I have to really like let go of all of that and allow myself to just like observe what's happening because if I'm trying to put my own story on it, then all of a sudden I'm not actually existing in the world that everybody else is because nobody oh. else is in my own head experiencing uh-huh. my own story. That's really important. Be observe or what we call witness consciousness in yoga, hmm. where you start to yeah. witness and then here comes with part of the creativity. We become more conscious of these underlying belief systems or habits we have like people pleasing Mm -hmm. or violence Mm -hmm. and we become more conscious of it and we have witness consciousness and we learn to pause and change our behavior and then we start creating a different reality 
because in the old paradigm, before you were actually witnessing, pausing and going, wait a minute, I've been people pleasing for years. This just drains me. It doesn't work. And then I end up in these codependent relationships or I've gotten violent and I keep getting arrested. <laughs> like just for many examples, right? We all have patterns and we act out. But when we have become more conscious of them, we pause, then we can change our reality because we change our behavior. But first we have to a start saying like, Hmm, things aren't working out for me so well. I wonder <laughs> if there's another way then you can become, you see it, and then you can look at where it comes from. Usually we have things from our childhoods, things we've learned, patterns from our ancestors, and we start working on the things. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about the observing, the witness consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's what, through our yoga practices, through many, di- many, many meditation traditions, this is what you're, the goal of developing. First is the witness consciousness. So you can raise your consciousness mm-hmm. and then, My experience is I am way more compassionate towards people because all of that judgment on the outside was really my Mm self-judgment. And I can see, oh, I'm judging myself. And when the less I judge myself, then I find the less I judge other people. And I just have compassion for them and their process wherever it is. Mm -hmm. Like the person that cut me off that maybe I wanted to honk and yell at, I go, oh, I hope they don't they're paying attention and they don't get in a car accident. And I just back off and stay out of their way. I do what I need to do. Maybe I don't want to, you know, maybe there's a person that I don't vibe with or I don't agree with how they do things. It's not for me, Mm -hmm. but I I don't have to wish anything negative on them. I just say, oh, it's not for me. And mm-hmm. I stay in my lane and they stay in their lane. Or even when you find yourself in a situation where somebody's healing process is ricocheting and hurting people, to say the least, you know, like I think that sometimes <laughs> it's really hard when as a compassionate person, you can see uh-huh. where they are in their healing and how they're hurting themselves well, and also hurting other people and mm-hmm. having to step back, having to be the villain in their narrative mm-hmm. is like one of like the hardest things. Cause I feel like it's so easy to be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, just like step back when something is hurting you, oh, you know, but it's like, uh-huh. man, it usually comes with so much more. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to change. Yeah. Right. I had a similar pattern where, in my family, I had been made the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. So whenever anything, any, anything went wrong, like in relationships or anything, I would take the responsibility and let the take the blame. Mm-hmm. So I was taking on stuff for people and it, it wasn't healthy for me because I think then I was maybe angry and resentful, but I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So I stopped doing it. Yeah, and I had something similar recently, actually, in a workshop. I was like, oh, this person, I'm the villain in her narrative because I didn't take her stuff on for her when she wanted me to. Mm -hmm. And I said no, and I walked away. Mm -hmm. And that was really uncomfortable for me. So I had to be like, oh, other people might believe her, whatever. But I'm just, no. And what I realized is when I do that, when I take it for people, they can't really heal it. Like mm-hmm. We have to let people sit in their stuff, but we can, you know, be compassionate and kind. But sometimes it's the stopping the enabling, right? Yeah. Enabling is a behavior that prevents people from really getting help they need or really doing their own work. 
Because you stay in this pattern, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, when it's uncomfortable when we make the changes. And it's uncomfortable too because we don't know what's going to happen. Because in the same patterns, yeah. we're in the same shit all the time. And it's easy to be like, man, I think that I'm making the right decision. I think that this is what's uh-huh. healthiest for me. And I also don't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like you have to choose and just trusting your own inner guidance Mm -hmm. is hard and scary because it's like you don't know what's going to happen but I feel like that the more you do that and the more often you trust that when you truly do feel like in alignment with yourself and at peace even if there's discomfort or misunderstanding or whatever like when you actually feel like you're on the right track and you see things in your life that are showing you that you're on the right track, then it doesn't quite matter what other people have to say about it. It's you true. know, like, and it's just kind of like, it's really interesting. Cause it's like, I'm like, Oh, I really want to feel like people feel good about me. And then I realized that in the process, I just stopped caring Uh and I still see it and I'll still have those instinctive thoughts of just like, no, 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 no. It's the goblin on the typewriter just being (laughs) a fucking asshole to me. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Goblin on the typewriter. And, you know, it's like it's still there. And like Mm -hmm. I recently I've been having people like in my teaching practice or like old family friends who haven't seen me in a few years, which is really interesting having uh, uh, there is this one person that has known me for my whole life one of my mom's really close friends and she's sitting at the table and she just looks at me and she's like Emmy you're so happy uh-huh. <laughs> you're you you feel good to be around uh-huh. and it was it was during a tense moment because my family often exists in tension and it was really cool for Mm. that to happen because I was just like you know what I'm seeing this tension I'm just gonna be over here I'm gonna do my thing I'm gonna stay happy because I got things in my head that I can think about you know like and I was just you know like I can Mm -hmm. just do me over here and I don't really have to play that game and so she tells me that and I like instinctively was like oh well it's a muscle (laughs) I've been really working at it Uh, and it's 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 true because it's not something that comes naturally I don't think I think that you really have to be taught how to be happy well I think babies are naturally very happy Mm -hmm. when their needs are met of course when they need to poop and sleep all those things you know I think that joy is our true nature, but I believe like planet Earth is school and we come here for school. So we have to have lessons. Mm -hmm. So, but then one of the lessons that's possible in your curriculum, if you sign up for it, is that actually you are really happy. (laughs) This is the way you were born and it's your true birthright. You don't need to pay anybody for it. You don't need to repent for anything, but you need to to uncover all this stuff to get back to it. And that's a path you can choose, Mm. right? And I think you're really, you hit on a couple of things there if I'd like to address. Yeah, please. One of them when you were talking about knowing 
in your mind and thinking and wondering because you do the thing that's different. Like you choose to just sit back and be happy and be in your authentic self instead of tangle up in the family drama. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable. And like then you got a little gift from the universe saying, hey, you're on the right track. Keep doing this by someone acknowledging it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Yeah. So but what you also said is feeling that it's the right thing, intuiting that's the right thing. And I think that's the key, right, is to be in tune with our feelings. And that's why we do meditation Mm -hmm. and practices so we can be really in tune with ourselves. And then we can feel the right thing because the brain will always wonder and the brain will always ask and the brain will always be skeptical. And the brain is a problem-solving machine. But there's a part of you that knows. And my experience is I feel more, I'll feel peaceful. Mm. So sometimes I'll just give, I've given myself permission now. I used to be like, if I make a decision, I have to stick with it no matter what. But now I've given myself permission to change my mind. And so I'll make a decision and just see how it feels. Like I was going to buy a condo one year, a couple years ago. And I started looking at condos and I got really depressed (laughs) <laughs> and I just like broke down and cried one afternoon after like six or seven condos I'd looked at. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to buy a condo. And then I felt so relieved yeah. and I felt really peaceful. And now if I would have bought the condo, it would be hard to be doing the Taurus project because now I'm completely open in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I had some other financial help from the universe like a really amazing place to live for and a really amazing deal come my way Mm -hmm. so now i can actually afford to save money instead of dumping all of this money into a place i didn't want to live yeah and living more on a tight budget for to own something and instead i've gotten help (laughs) yeah yeah and now i'm freed i'm not tied down to that and so I know it was listening to the decision and being willing to go, wait a minute, this decision's not right. I can change my mind mm-hmm. because it didn't feel right. Yeah. So that was a thing. I, I you, you said it, but not specifically, but I wanted to point out how you were like, yeah, the fucking goblin t- on the typewriter <laughs> is my mind stuff. Yeah. But how does it feel? Because I know what peace and tranquility and joy feel like inside. So I can go to that place to make decisions. And then I think that helps us to trust. Yeah. But it's a practice, right? We have to practice it because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if it was comfortable, it wouldn't be real. Well, because I, you know, like discomfort is where growth happens. It's like when you meet that threshold consistently and you honor not going over it and hurting yourself, um, but just always making sure that you can be aware of what your edge of discomfort is because it's like you know I mean in yoga and stretching it's like that's how you deepen your stretch you can't just be like oh okay I found this spot and I I don't feel a stretch anymore but I'm in the body position so I'm doing the stretch it's like no you're actually not really you're just sitting at this point I mean well in certain instances but I'm thinking specifically with like pigeon Mm -hmm. um it's a really uncomfortable pose that you have to push into and so I feel like with life making sure that you're always a little bit uncomfortable is not the easiest thing but it's like (laughs) it's like oh well I could leave early 
but there's this thing that I really should complete or there's projects that I complete or I feel like I should stay and complete this project but I know that I need to go home early and rest you know and they both exist and I think that really observing honoring and then and then doing like the hard thing and sitting with discomfort in that is where actual transformation happens and I feel like in doing that in my life and always making sure that I am constantly aware of what needs growth but also what needs compassion I feel like I have drastically transformed myself over the past like year and a half no and I liked how you're bringing in the idea of asana a pose pigeon pose for instance and how just made me actually feel it in my body and thinking about, yeah, it is uncomfortable when I first get into it. But when I breathe into the discomfort, it creates space. And the prana is on the breath and the life force. And I believe that there's, that's what the light is within that space. And you bring light into it and warmth and breath and it starts to open up and something that's painful and uncomfortable can actually start to feel good. And in that space, that's the transformation. Something bad, uncomfortable turns into something comfortable opening and you get up and your hip feels better. Mm-hmm. And that simple analogy. So thank you for bringing just the simple asana analogy into it. Because these things can happen on physical, mental, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual levels. Mm-hmm. Any type of a uncomfortable, oh. crooked, crooked, dark place we want to go into. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, also our brain exists in our hips and our toes and our fingers. Because yeah. if you pull the brain out, it would maintain the shape of a human. Are you saying my brain is in my arse, yes. darling? Yes. Yes. <laughs> down there. Your little ass brain. <laughs> Now we have to go on silly tangents for people. No, it's true. Oh, it's beautiful though. We're seeing we're going to this really deep, deep place and we had to lighten things up. That's a nice way to roll. I just pictured some like crazy little fairies just like like just like fucking with things. (laughs) Rearranging whatever. Hiding things. I don't know. There's probably fairies here. That's why I lose all my keys. Man, that I, that's why I have such an amazing Q organization system. Now we te- now we technically are digressing. Okay, okay. No, no, it's great. We're talking about um, really amazing things and things we want to share these experiences with people, and that's really what the Taurus Project is about. I'm bringing it back. Uh, it's about bringing people together to talk about these kinds of things and to support each other in these processes and. Feel the love and the compassion and the foundation that really it's okay to be yourself mm-hmm. and to dig into the muck, into the dirt and the mire and back to the lotus and rise out of it and bloom into your most beautiful Absolutely. self that you can be. And I think it's even, it's more than just okay to be yourself. It's like your exact self is needed in this world, Yes, you know, because like there's not ever going to be anybody else. So like when you think about, you know, like, like Maya and Brahma turning in on itself and it's just all of these ways for the fabric of the universe to experience itself. And so if you're imagining it, like it's just like this one big sheet and all the Ashvara is just like these fingertips coming up. If somebody, if one 
of these fingertips is looking around and being like, well, I don't feel like I have space in this vast eternal piece of fabric for some reason. Um, so I'm just going to like poke down and not look at myself and not let anybody else see me. And it's almost like denying a universal experience if you are not exactly who you are, even if it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for people around you, because that just means you're in the wrong spaces. Isn't it so much easier to be ourselves? But we do have to overcome this stuff about social anxiety. It's so and, hard. you know, Tage and I spoke, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the most recent podcast, mm-hmm. but we were talking about how, like, I felt triggered, the idea of being in community because of my experiences in the past. And um, in my family and I was this stuff was coming up for me where I was like I'm just better off by myself <laughs> but I know I am not Yeah, I know my life is way um, richer and much funner more fun more fun when I have okay, lots of works. <laughs> <laughs> lots of awesome people around me that are on that get me Yeah, and I, I that's what it comes down to is oh these people that are on this path are working on being vulnerable and authentic and open. And as you surround yourself, then you can really stop caring so much what other people think and realizing just how exhausting that is. Now, I don't mean like just being a jerk to people and not caring. We come when you have a compassionate, kind, open, loving heart, and it comes from a place of self-love then you want to treat other people with kindness and respect. And sometimes that means not saying things and walking away mm-hmm. because that is the most respectful and kind thing to do in the moment. So that's what I'm talking about is that place of self-love where we can just learn to love ourselves and then love other people for who they are because it's really amusing out there, mm-hmm. right? And if yeah. you stop being so defensive and judgmental, there's really funny shit happening. Honestly, <laughs> and there's just really beautiful things happening and really amazing opportunities and connections. I, I think that like, I, I spent a really long time just not letting myself connect with people because for me, I was told my whole life that I was too sensitive. Mm-hmm. That one was mine. Um, it's like, oh, Emily, you feel things too deeply. You feel things too much. You are far too sensitive. You are way too tapped into your emotions. You need to turn that off. And so for a really long time, I found anything and everything to turn that off because I'm like, this is bad. I can't be sensitive. I am too soft for this world. And now I am a yoga teacher and I walk in and I can look at people's faces and I can just have an idea of what kind of class to teach. And sometimes even my bad classes are exactly what my students need because sometimes there's benefit in somebody going and doing something that they think is silly for an hour. And I will be the one that they roll their eyes at. And I feel so grateful that I'm in a position where it's like, I can see people and I can connect with people on a really deep level. Making people cry in my yoga classes is like my favorite thing. I've started writing little <laughs> intentions because uh, I've been doing like chakra series and things like that. Like I don't have to seek it out. I can just let go of all of my armor and just look around mm-hmm. and into it. And I think that it's really been coming through. And so it's just interesting to me because it was the thing that I hated the most about myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had to turn it off to heal. But really, I just had to embrace it and find spaces where it was appreciated. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome because you could be vulnerable, you can be yourself, but then that's where all of a sudden you're so much stronger. You took the armor off and you're strong, mm-hmm. right? That's what we have to learn. I can relate to that a lot, just like not caring anymore and just loving people where they are, yeah. whether it's close up or at a distance like sometimes it's like, I'm that, gonna love you from over there Thanks. yeah because maybe you're the villain in their story and that's what they need to do but it's not healthy for you so it's yeah. having discernment about that yeah and knowing yourself you can do that but yeah those safe spaces where we can be ourselves and then though gradually you just start having discernment when you can mm-hmm. be yourself or when you need to hold back And you just don't care as much about what people think and you're getting freer in life. Truly. And it can creep up, but then you can just be, have your witness on and see that it's happening and just be okay with it. And it will pass Mm -hmm. because you're not repressing it. You're not feeding it energy. It'll just move. Yeah. And then you'll be like, oh, okay. I see what that was. There it is again. All right. Goodbye, old friend. Becomes a a wind. Yes. Like. Yes, a breeze blowing by. <laughs> Sometimes a gale force breeze, but you know. <laughs> events Sometimes vary throughout the day. A tornado. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not getting caught up in it into the root cellar. <laughs> yeah, life is like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I was. I'm feeling like we've really covered a yeah. lot of conversation. <laughs> Truly, How, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about before? We wrap it up here, Emily. No, I just, I just love talking to you. Oh, I love talking to you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to me. And honestly, like just being you, it's been really powerful for me. Like I I love what you were saying earlier, but especially about like intergenerational friendships, because that's something that I've been finding in my life for the past couple years. Mm. And it's been so empowering for me to like really just learn more about like just the things that you learn just existing, you know, just, you know, time will give you so many lessons. Mm. And I feel like honoring that. But then also, I feel so blessed to be around all of these phenomenal people who also recognize that there are things that I have learned in my short time being around. And that's been so empowering for me to just trust my voice. So I don't know. Uh, Thank you for being you. You're welcome. And thank you for being you. And yeah, the intergenerational friendship. It almost sounds like intergalactic friendship. I know. Like, I don't want to like make a big deal of it or whatever. No, I get what you're saying. And one thing I've noticed is someone could be 20 years older than me or 20 years younger than me, but it's our souls that will connect. Mm -hmm. And it's our souls that will be the same age. Mm -hmm. And we'll be in the same soul curriculum at school. And that's, I'm realizing more and more like, oh, these are my people. Like, and age is not a defining factor. Because I've met people 20 years older than me. And I was like, oh, they're still in playing high school games? Weird. (laughs) But then I'm like, oh, that's their soul's curriculum. Okay, well, I wish them luck with that. And my soul curriculum has its own problems. So I'll just stick with it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm glad we found each other at grad school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Emily. thanks for having tea with me today and cheers Absolutely. to everyone and thank you for listening to us talk about the Taurus project 
And if you feel inspired, you can go to thetaurusproject.org and check out what we're doing. And have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Alchemy Land. And we hope you enjoyed learning more about our main project, The Taurus Project. If you'd like to learn more about The Taurus Project, you can go to our website, thetaurusproject.org. And we're also on Instagram. And just to make it easy for you, when you're typing in Taurus into that search bar, it's T-O-R-U-S. So again, thanks for joining us and wishing you a great week ahead full of creativity, inspiration, and joy.